What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Monday, October 23rd, 2023. My name is Kent Peterson. I'm the host of this show. And on today's show, where do we even get started? We're going to recap week eight, all the games. We're going to talk about all the drama And we're going to look ahead to some other things that are coming up in the Big Ten as far as the podcast, as far as football. We're going to do some power rankings. We're going to do everything, everything this week on this show. Man, it feels like I got a lot to talk about. Uh, First of all, I said it was Monday. It is almost Tuesday already, though. I waited until almost Tuesday to record this, so it's probably not going to come out until I'm putting it out as soon as I'm done recording, but... You're probably not listening to this or seeing it until at least Tuesday. And uh, that's because, like I said, this weekend I was traveling. I was up with my mom, had her surgery. Shout out to my mom. Dedicating this episode to her. Shout out to my mom. Awesome. I'm going to get into that a little bit more in just a second, too, because she had something to do with Big Ten football this week. Um, But just so much stuff going on in the Big Ten. Like I said, drama. I was talking to my uh, niece this weekend while I was back up in Michigan, and I said that the watching Big Ten or watching sports in general, I always make fun of my wife because she makes uh, or she watches the Real Housewives show. That's what I was trying to think of. Watches all of them, Orange County, New York, Atlanta, all of them. She watches all those shows, and I make fun of her because of all the drama on the show, and that's all it is. It's just drama. It's people getting mad at each other. It's people maybe apologizing, and then it's people talking about how they got mad at each other and then how they didn't apologize, and they're just mad about everything all the time, and there's just all discussion about stuff that's not really even happening. And I realized this weekend in my old age that athletics or watching them, watching sports, specifically Big Ten football, is much of the same. There's so much shit going on outside of the game that sometimes we lose focus of the actual games. And, uh, you know, I love football. I love talking about football. But this week specifically, week eight, it's just felt like just so much extra stuff going on. And we're going to get into all that in just a moment. Um, What's coming up for us, though? I wanted to give a shout out to my boy, Tim Miller. He had me on his show. It's called From the Shot. And it is a Ohio State Buckeyes basketball podcast focusing on Ohio State. And uh, he invited me on to talk about the Big Ten conference schedule for Ohio State basketball this year. And I got to say, man, it felt I was I was a little nervous to go on because I've been focusing so much on football stuff. I haven't even really scratched the surface on basketball yet. So I wasn't ready. I felt like I hope I did. OK, Tim, if you're listening, I hope I did OK for you, brother. Um But when I started doing some research on the teams and uh, seeing some of the names again and then looking at a schedule, I was like, man, I'm so excited for basketball. I cannot wait for basketball to start. Uh, But like I said, it's called View from the Shot. I think I said that right the first time. View from the Shot. Uh, Tim Miller, go check him out. The latest episode just came out tonight, uh, Monday night. I'm on it. So if you want to hear some uh, college hoops talk or if you're an Ohio State fan, definitely go check that out. Or if you just want to hear my voice a little bit more, uh, there's an hour of it on Tim's show. Go check him out, follow, subscribe, do all that good stuff for him. Wednesday, we got the Kickstarter episode. We'll look ahead to week nine. Thank God. We'll talk about some football-related stuff on Wednesday even more. Um, And then, as always, you guys know the drill. It's Bet Big Brad. 
It's B1G Wilson on Friday mornings. I will not be late with these episodes. Like I said, traveling this weekend, got back a little bit late. I almost didn't even do, I was almost like, I'm just going to tweet this out and not do this episode, but there's so much going on that I got to get back on here and talk about this football stuff. One last thing, speaking of basketball, my basketball stuff is upcoming. I'm I'm planning on either late next week or early the following week. I'm working on getting a really good guest to uh, preview the entire Big Ten season. Uh, Hopefully we can connect and get him on and uh, do a big preseason episode. But if not, I'll do it on my own or I'll have somebody else come on last minute. We'll see what we can do. But basketball stuff is coming. Going to squeeze that stuff in with all the football stuff that's going on. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy for a couple weeks. Uh, But I love it. I love it. I love Big Ten. I love the basketball. I love the hoops. Love the football. Man, I can't wait. Can't wait for the next few weeks. All right. I cannot not lead the show with, I say lead the show, I was just talking for five minutes, but uh, the first topic that I need to discuss is uh, what everyone's talking about. It's not even about a football game, it's about Michigan. And if you live under a rock, um, I'll give you a little breakdown of what's going on at Michigan right now, and then uh, we'll get into the real football stuff. Basically what has come out uh, last Wednesday, which is crazy, it's been almost a week now, but I haven't recorded since last Tuesday, so I haven't had a shot to talk about this. Um, it's been revealed that there's a possibility that the coaching staff at Michigan has been hiring people to go scout future opponents. And then uh, as of the last couple of days, it's been coming out. And these are all from sources that have been unnamed at this point. That uh, this particular coach or these this group of coaches has been going to games and filming the other team's signals so that they have a little bit of a leg up when they play them. They know what they're going to run before they run it. That's illegal. You can't do that. In fact, you can't even go in person to scout another team that you're going to play in the future, which, side tangent, if I may, for just a second, that I did not know was a rule, and I think that that is crazy. But when I actually read the rule and the, uh, you know, the context of it and the, what do I want to say? Like the reason why the rule was put in place is for this reason. They don't want people going and filming the sideline and getting their signal. So that's why they just cut it all out to begin with. But I just thought it was outrageous just from the beginning when I saw that rule, because as a former coach, I have spent many a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night at a, uh, in the middle of nowhere at a high school gym recruiting or not recruiting but scouting not recruiting never did that scouting for a team that we were going to play in a few days and uh you know uh listening to what their coach was saying what is the name of this play what do they do on this play um what kind of defense are they running what kind of guys they got all that good stuff but not signal stealing as much because in basketball when I was coaching that there are no signals Um, but I would like, you know what I just said, like, listen to what the play call is. If they call Virginia and then they run, uh, a double pick and roll or whatever, whatever it may be, that was the stupidest basketball term I could come up with. It's not even a thing, but whatever they would run, I would draw it out and say, this is Virginia. So when they call this, we know what to look for. So that kind of stuff I thought was just part of the game, uh, as far as just doing it and actually scouting a team. I didn't know that this was illegal, but Put that aside for a second. You're not allowed to do that. That is against the rules. And uh, from what I've read, the punishment could be up to a postseason ban. Um, Let's get into this a little bit further, though. Connor Stallions is the guy that got suspended from Michigan. 
They put him on paid leave. Um, and then the news came out today that he was possibly buying tickets from under his name for all the future opponents for Michigan and then um, either passing them out to people or using him himself. Apparently, there's security footage of him filming the sidelines of uh, future opponents for Michigan, as I said. Um, yeah, that's that's bad. If that's true, then that is bad. And um, it seems to be true at this point. Um, so I think uh, my position at this point is I'm going to just say if, a big if, or maybe it's not a big if. I don't know. Maybe it's a small if. But if all that is true, that uh, Mr. Stallions here was buying tickets and going and recruiting, I keep saying recruiting, going and scouting future opponents and using his camera to figure out signals, then I think that Michigan should be punished um, accordingly. And I don't know exactly what that would be. The NCAA has to figure that out. But if it's true, I think they have to be punished. And uh, when it comes down to it, though, I do not think that they will be. I think that Michigan did do it. I'll just put that out there right now because this is my show. I can say whatever I want. I think that Michigan did do it. I think that they should be punished. I don't think that they will because just like everything else in college football, you have to follow the money and Michigan makes the NCAA. Michigan makes the Big Ten a ton of money. And if they go to the playoffs, they're going to make the NCAA and the Big Ten a ton of more money. And for that reason, I think that this investigation that the NCAA is um, under right now with Michigan, I should say Michigan is under the NCAA investigation, um, I think it'll be pushed back until next year. And um, if Michigan, another big if here, if Michigan goes on to make the playoff or even uh, win a national championship, it'll be it'll be vacated later. And um, some fans will be pissed about that and some of them won't care. In 2013, Louisville beat Michigan in the national championship game for basketball, and it was vacated. And on the NCAA website, their name is still listed as the champions for that year. So is that a big deal? It's not. I don't think it's a big deal if it gets vacated. I don't think Michigan fans will care. They'll see the national championship game. They'll know who won if that happens. They'll see them make the playoffs. They'll know who got there if that happens. They'll see the Big Ten uh, championship game if they get there and they'll know what happened. No matter what gets vacated, um, the games still take place, and uh, a lot of people aren't really going to care after the fact. But um, all that being said, um, I'll put Michigan aside for just a second. I think that uh, another side tangent, but again, I can do this as much as I want. It's my show. Um, I think that this is not a Michigan-only problem. I think that uh, Michigan gets, I'm not going to say unfairly targeted because they are on a big stage. They're in a spotlight all the time because they are a big brand. And uh, Jim Harbaugh is a big voice for college football. So I think that he gets put under the microscope maybe a little bit more than other coaches would. Um, Do I think that teams like Eastern Carolina are possibly doing this and we'll never know about it? I don't know why I just chose them. I was thinking of a small school. I don't think the pirates are cheating, but uh, I think that this is happening more than we know about. And uh, Michigan's just the first ones to get caught. Michigan's good at a lot of things. Over the years, they have been really bad at cheating. They got caught back in the early 90s, late 80s with uh, boosters giving players money and banners came down. So they've never been good at cheating. 
That's that's for sure. Um, but uh, like I said, I think other teams are doing this. I think Michigan's the first to get caught. But that being said, that doesn't mean they shouldn't be punished for it. I think that they should. Um, I just don't think that they will because, like I said, follow the money. And uh, just for me personally, I don't think I, – I don't want anything to happen. And uh, the reason why is – and now I'll finally talk about football for a second – is that while I was in Michigan, I was able to attend the Michigan-Michigan State game. And uh, Michigan is one of the uh, – I haven't been to a lot of college football games, but they're one of the best college football teams I have seen play with my own two eyes ever in my life. And um, that's not saying a ton because, like I said, I've probably been to – maybe 30 college football games in my life. That was a beatdown in East Lansing like I have never seen before. That was a team that looked like two different, uh, not two different sports, but just two different levels of athletes were on the field um, on Saturday night in East Lansing at Spartan Stadium. Um, One of the best teams I've ever seen. So I don't want anything to happen because I want to see how far they can go. I want to see what they can do. And by the way, the reason why I was there is because my niece is thinking about... Shout out Kelsey, by the way. What's up, Kels? She watches the show sometimes. Um, thinking about going to Michigan State next year, so she wanted me to take her up there and uh, get a little bit of that experience, that college experience, see if she likes it. I think she liked it. I think she liked East Lansing. Um, fun stadium. Fun game. Fun atmosphere. A little cold, kind of wet, but we had a great time. Um, and like I said, got to see one of the best teams in college football play. And for that reason, I do not want them to get anything taken away from them this year because I want to see what they can do. And I think most college football fans do. Even if Michigan beat you this year, even if you're not a Michigan fan or a Michigan hater, um, I think you still want to see the best teams play each other fairly, and you want to see uh, the best team win, obviously, at the end of the year. So um, we'll see what happens with this. I mean, much more to come with this. Obviously, there's still stuff coming out all the time about it, so... Uh, we'll see what comes of it um, in the next few weeks. That's the Michigan drama. 49-0, by the way. They beat Michigan State. There's the football stuff. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, it's kinda, it kind of sucks that the, everything that's going on with them is overshadowing what they did on the field on uh, Saturday Saturday night. But it has, it didn't really for me. Um, for me, it was like, man, this is this is a really, like I said, really good team. And I was glad I was able to see them in person once this year. So uh, pretty cool for them. All right, more drama. Let's get into this. It's the Iowa-Minnesota game. Uh, man, I haven't seen Twitter blow up like this in a while. Um, as I said, I was I went to the Michigan State-Michigan game on Saturday night. So any game that was in that afternoon time slot, which there was three of them this, this weekend, um, I didn't see it live, so I had to go back and watch a lot of this. So I, I did go back and watch the fourth quarter of this game. Um, Minnesota won the game 12 to 10. Let's start with that. Minnesota, the, uh, man, what's it called? I forgot the trophy's name. That's how much of a casual I am. Minnesota, Iowa trophy. It's Floyd of Rosedale. Is that right? Is it Floyd of Rose? Floyd of Rosedale. I got that. I got it as I was typing it. Um, Minnesota takes the Floyd of Rosedale trophy back to Minnesota with them. They get the win, but here's what happened. Um, End of the game, minute 41 left. Minnesota's kind of pinned up against uh, their own end zone, and they end up having to punt. Um, and at that point, they were up by two, so they really had to get like one more stop against Iowa to win the game. On the punt, 
Uh, Cooper DeGene, one of the best players in college football. Uh, defensive Big Ten Player of the Year, no doubt. Maybe even Special Teams Player of the Year. But I think he'll be competing with his teammate, Torrey Taylor, for that because he's the best punter in the Big Ten. Um, but all that aside, he runs over to the ball, picks it up, runs it to the house, just like he did against Michigan State a few weeks back. Dude is unreal. The return alone was insane. It was a great return. Looked like a Minnesota guy was tracking him down at the end. He picked up a little block and uh, took it all the way to the house for the game-winning touchdown, we thought. Um, Here's where I got to give some credit to somebody else because I was on a flight last night back to Tennessee, and I had to hear people talking about Big Ten football because of uh, I had a long flight. I had to come back home. So my first guy that I always go to, Jeffrey the Greek, Eyes on Big Podcast. Um, I got to give him credit for for a couple things that he said. Um, the play was reviewed, I think, and so does Jeffrey because he's an Iowa fan. I think because they thought Cooper stepped out at first. I think that's why they reviewed it at first. Now, when I watched it back, they didn't indicate, and the referees really don't have to indicate this, I guess. They didn't indicate if that's why they were looking at it or if they were looking at it because of what ended up getting called, which was an invalid fair catch. Um, while Cooper was running over to the ball before he picked it up, his left arm was kind of waving. And uh, what that means is it wasn't a fair catch call. I need to be clear about this. It was not a fair catch call. He did not call for a fair catch. He invalidly called for a fair catch. And that was what the call was. Um, but like I said, Jeffrey had this nailed. I don't think that they would have reviewed it or even seen that had they not gone back and seen if he stepped out of bounds. Maybe they were, though. To me, I'm not really sure. Maybe one of the referees was like, hey, we need to watch that back. It looked like he was kind of waving his arm. Um, All that being said, they reviewed it. They came back and they said that was an invalid fair catch call. And uh, that meant that Iowa, wherever they caught it at, wherever that person caught it at, which in this case was Cooper DeGene, Wherever he caught it at, the ball was dead there, and it's first and 10, and he played football. And that's what happened. Iowa played football. They ran it once. They threw it the second time, and Minnesota picked it off, and the game was over. Um, My brother, like I said, I spent a lot of time with family. Everybody getting shout-outs on this episode. My older brother and I were watching this last part of the game uh, after I got home from the Michigan-Michigan State game because my Twitter was blowing up about this play. So I had to go watch it live with the context of the announcer's and what the referees were saying. And my brother likes football. He understands football, but he has not watched even probably one-tenth of the football that I've watched in my life. So he's um, a fan, and I think he would admit he's a casual fan. He doesn't know any names of the players on Minnesota or Iowa. And I gave him no context to this play whatsoever. I just turned this play on. I fast-forwarded it to uh, about two minutes left in the game, and I, I didn't even say anything. I was just like, the I, I, the only thing I said was the ending of this game was crazy. And that's all I told him. He watched the play live. And right after Cooper went into the end zone, he looked at me and he said, it looked like he was waving his arm for a fair catch almost. And I said, wow, that's really telling because you don't watch a ton of football and you saw him doing it live with no context. And uh, it to me, it just kind of confirmed what the referees actually called 
once they reviewed it. So I think that the call was right. I think that the timing of it was incorrect. I wish they would have called it right on the field. P.J. Fleck was interviewed, um, I think it was today. He said that they got called for it a few weeks ago, and they blew the whistle right when he caught the ball. They blew the whistle. And if that would have happened at Iowa, as soon as Cooper touched the ball, they blow the whistle, it would have been a completely different ending to the game. Maybe not. Maybe uh, Deacon Hill still throws an interception on the second play on, after first down. But um, it, it would have changed the outlook of what Iowa fans think, and there would have been more trust in the referees because now it feels like they went back and almost stole a game from Iowa. But this is the last thing I'll say about the play. Um, like I said, the play and the call were the, – the call was correct. The, the call that the referees ended up making was the correct call in the correct context that they were supposed to call it. That was all correct. Um, and then I just lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was going to say after that. That was all correct. I just wish they would have called it right when they were supposed to. That's what I was, Oh, that's what I was going to say. Iowa fans. Iowa fans. Let me, let me sit down with you for just a second. Now I'm refocused. <clears throat> you missed what was really happening, though. You missed what was really called on the field. A lot of Iowa fans saying that they got cheated because that wasn't a fair catch call. And they're absolutely right about the second half of that. It wasn't a fair catch call. It was an invalid fair catch call. And that is what the referees called on the field. And when there's an invalid fair catch wave or whatever you want to call it, when that happens, the ball is dead where he touches it. So... You're right about half of it. It wasn't a fair catch call. It was invalid. But you're wrong about the second part. The refs didn't cheat you. They just saw it a little bit later than they probably should have, which makes it hurt a lot more, especially when you're at home. Uh, shout out to Minnesota, though. You got to give them credit, man. They won the game. And uh, if you're Iowa, you got to go score on that last drive still. You can't let that be the reason you lost. And um, one last side note. I, I didn't like uh, Iowa fans are, are great fans. I've heard a lot of good things about Iowa fans. Like I said, my guy Jeffrey the Greek, he's one of my favorite people to listen to. Um, I, re I highly respect his opinion. Um, I was really disappointed to see what the fans' reaction was after the call where Minnesota had to get off their sideline because so much shit was being thrown at them. And uh, PJ couldn't even put his team back on the sideline because uh, not of their safety. I'm not going to say like, oh, they were... Their safety was in danger. That wasn't the case. But you can't have uh, beer bottles coming, or not bottles, but you know, you can't have people throwing beer on you and water bottles and everything down on the field while you're sitting there trying to play a football game, trying to get ready to get a stop on defense, by the way, which that is what they had to do. Iowa just had to get in field goal range. They could have still won the game. And honestly, if you're an Iowa fan, that's what you should be more mad about. We scored 10 points at home against Minnesota, and Minnesota's not that good. That's why you lost the game. It's not because of the call at the end. You lost because you can't score. And to be honest, you haven't been scoring a lot the last three weeks. This is the first time it bit you in the ass. So uh, I don't really feel bad for Iowa fans, especially after how they reacted to the play. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for Minnesota. That's a big win for them. That's a big win for them. I have their under this year. So it's a tough win for me to see because I want them to stay under that seven and a half number. And this might make them pick up some momentum the rest of the year. We'll see. All right. Uh, I'm going to skim through the rest of these games, to be honest, because uh, not as exciting as that one. 
I thought this one was going to be. I thought this was going to be the game of the week. Ohio State, Penn State. Ohio State wins 20-12. to 12. Um, I've been on Penn State all year. I've been on them since June. I said that Penn State was going to go undefeated all the way up until last Friday when I recorded Bet Big with my buddies. And I said, you know what? I just don't like the feeling I have going into this game for Penn State. I actually think Ohio State's going to cover. I was right. I'm a genius. I said it was going to be a low-scoring game. It was 20-12. to 12. I was right about that. It was way under. Um, so I got the, I got both of those picks right last week. So I'm feeling myself a little bit, a little bit about this game. Um, but because I've been on Penn State so long, I'm kind of sad that they didn't win this game because, you know, I would have liked to say, hey, look, back in June, I said they were going 12-0 and and now they are. Um, I have less confidence in them going into the Michigan game now, even though it's at home for Penn State. After what I saw them do against Ohio State, I have a lot less confidence in them. Kyle McCord is a good quarterback. Tired of hearing that he's not. Uh, people on Twitter, people on uh, other podcasts think that he can't win a big game. Well, he's done it a couple of times now. He led a game-winning drive against Notre Dame. At the time, Notre Dame was a top 10, top 5 team. He did that on the road. He uh, controlled this game 286 yards and a touchdown. And, um, you know, Ohio State has a great defense. Kyle McCord doesn't have to be a world beater. You know, he can be okay, and Ohio State's going to win a lot of games. I think that he's good enough to get them where they're trying to go, which is the playoffs. He's good enough to get you there. I believe in Kyle McCord now. I still believe in Drew Aller, by the way. He's still my guy. Um, But his wide receivers could not get open. And really, that was the difference in this game. You have uh, Ohio State wide receivers, in particular, Maserati Marvin, Maserati Marv. I love Gus Johnson. I wish he would like just narrate my life. Maserati Marv. And, uh, you know, they got Mbuka, they got Stover. They got a lot of good receivers at Ohio State. Name me a couple Penn State receivers that have had a monster game. They got one that has done that this year, really. So uh, I think that the wide receiver position was the difference in this game. Ohio State's receivers were, it felt like, open all the time. And Penn State's receivers, every time Drew was uh, dropping back, he was, number one, getting pressured. But number two, the receivers weren't getting open quick enough, and he couldn't make those he couldn't make those plays. He couldn't get it in those tight windows. So I still believe in him. Um, I think another year, not another year, but I think after this season especially, he's going to be, he might be the best quarterback in the Big Ten next year. And that's Drew Waller I'm talking about once again. Um, if you're Penn State, oh, one more stat I had about this game. This was kind of crazy. I said last week, like I said, uh, like I said, I said that this was going to be a defensive battle. These two teams were combined for, they went six for 32 on third downs combined. Now here's where it gets crazy. Ohio State was five for 16. That means that Penn State was one for 16. You're not going to go on the road at Ohio State, go one for 16 on third downs, and win a lot of games. In fact, after I saw that stat, I can't believe they only lost by eight. I was shocked once I saw that stat. Excuse me. And really, Ohio State, you can't do that either. You can't go five for 16 and expect to win a lot of games. You're, you're lucky your defense was killing Penn State and keeping them off the field on third downs, or getting them off the field on third downs, I should say. So... Uh, really good defensive game. If you like defense, you would love that game. Man, I've been going long. I've been going way too long. Let's get through these last games. 
A couple of them I didn't even watch anyways. Rutgers, 31. Indiana, 14. Indiana, you guys suck. It's like the third or fourth time this year you went up 7-0. You can't hold a lead. Can't get stops. Um, Gavin Wimsat was all over you. Three rushing touchdowns, 143 yards. Kyle Manungai. Kyle Manungai is that guy. 109 rushing yards. Didn't get a touchdown today, but Indiana's program is dead. It's just dead. Tom Allen will not be there next year. Um, if you listen to anything, if you listen to any college football shows, if you read anything about college football or specifically the Big Ten, you know that Tom Allen's gone. You've been known that. Um, but the problem is, if you're Indiana, nobody wants to go there. I was talking to my uncle about this specific thing this weekend. And uh, we were just discussing the uh, geography of Indiana and how stuck they are for, from a football perspective. You got Notre Dame. You got Michigan right up in there. Even Michigan State over there. You're surrounded by Ohio State. You got Wisconsin up to the north. You got Iowa to the west. You got Nebraska out there. Dude, you're not getting anybody recruiting-wise unless you are a big name. And I got news for y'all. Indiana's not going to hire a big name. So I think that this is bad, and it's getting worse at Indiana for the next few years. All right, next game. I'm sorry to say that, Hoosiers. I don't know what else to say, though. I hate to be negative. That's just how it's going to be, though. Um, I wrote on my sidebar here, Nebraska North. Can't fit Northwestern. I usually put NU on there, though. That's what they like is when I put NU. Nebraska 17, Northwestern 9. Surprised that Nebraska didn't win this game by more. Um, I still like Harburg. I'm going to keep saying it. I think he should be the guy. Um, I've always liked Jeff Sims, too. He's electric, but I just think Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Been talking about Harbaugh too much. Been seeing his name too much. Harburg. Uh, rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown in this game. I think he just gives you a lot of stability on offense. He just doesn't turn it over much. How, what, did, what did he do in this game? Did he have any turnovers? Let's look it up. Let's just make this the longest podcast ever and look this bad boy up. I just X'd it out right when I opened it. What am I doing? I'm going to click on box score. It's going to open in a new tab. When I get that new tab, I'm going to go to the team stats. And go right down to the turnovers. All right, Nebraska turned it over twice. I wonder who did it. I wonder who did it. Let's look at their drives. Is it going to tell me? Uh, INT. Okay, so he threw two picks. Whoops. Can you tell I didn't watch the first half of this game? Um, Let's bring Jeff Sims back, guys. Guy takes care of the ball way better than Harburg, right? Am I right, people? Uh, thankfully... For Nebraska, after those two picks, they have a really good defense. They held Northwestern to three field goals. Um, they've been playing great lately. I talked about that last week. Hold Northwestern under 10, not that impressive. But they've been holding some other really good teams. Not really good. They've been holding some good teams uh, to some low-scoring games. So, uh, you know, I'm just really proud of the Nebraska defense. They've just been really stepping it up. Had no idea Ben Bryant wasn't playing in this game, by the way. It's Brendan Sullivan again time? I don't know. Like, what? Brendan Sullivan time again? What's going on? Is he? Uh, I don't know. What's going on with Ben Bryant? I'm going to look into that this week. That's my homework before Wednesday, which is a show that I'm going to be recording. So in the next 24 hours, I'm going to find out what's going on with Ben Bryant. I'm going to give him a call. I'm going to say, hey, Ben, what's going on, bro? We need you out there. The cats need you, brother. 
We need some touchdowns, man. Sully's not getting it done. Uh, he had 176 and a touchdown, or and a touchdown. That says interception on my screen. 176 and an interception for Brendan Sullivan. Um, and of course, the loss. Nebraska wins again. Is Nebraska going to make some noise here in the West? Four and three now. Oh boy. Uh, it's too late though. I said last week Iowa already won the West. I have to stick by that until they don't. All right, last game. Wisconsin, Illinois. This was a great game to end on. I actually did watch this one back. 25 to 21, Wisconsin wins the game. You look at that score and you're like, man, this must have been back and forth. The really good game. That's not the case. Wisconsin was hardly ever winning in this game. Illinois up 14-0 in the first quarter. Um, I called it last week that Illinois was going to win the game. I thought they were going to have some momentum coming off that Maryland game. Big win at Maryland. Uh, and then they did at first, you know, 14, zero, um, Wisconsin comes back. Braylon Allen, Braylon Allen. Does Gus Johnson do a Braylon Allen, uh, thing? Braylon Allen. He's got to have a nickname, right? Bray. I don't know, man. See, that's why, that's why Gus Johnson gets paid so much. He can come up with stuff like that. Need something for Braylon. Uh, scores a touchdown in the second quarter. Um, and then Kyle Fagan. Kyle Fagan and Kyle Manungai are going to be great if they stick around in the Big Ten. And I say if because that transfer portal is a bitch. These guys might leave. You never know. Uh, like Kyle Fagan, freshman running back, he scores in the third quarter to go back up by 14. is 21-7 at this time. And then we go to the fourth quarter. Things get crazy. Field goal from Wisconsin. Now it's 21-10. They're starting to climb back in. Touchdown from Wisconsin. It's Paulding. I don't know his first name. Just got it from the box score. I forgot what his first name was. Uh, Paulding. 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 I don't know. I don't know his name. Uh, now it's 21-16. They go for two. They get it. And then we come down to the last couple minutes of the game. Wisconsin is driving. They're down 21-18 at this point. All they need is a field goal. Let's force overtime, make this thing fun. Illinois loves overtime. They love overtime. Um, but Wisconsin had other plans. Get down to about the four-yard line. There's about 31 seconds left. Braden Locke drops back. Beautiful. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Phil Longo draws up a gorgeous play. Uh, has the left wide receiver run a slant route, has the left tight end. Uh, I'm sorry. You would think he was a tight end. He was a left tackle. Pretends like he's going to block for a couple seconds, and then he fades to the corner of the end zone. That sneaky little guy. Sneaky big guy, I should say. His name is Nolan Ritchie. Rucci? I think it's Rucci. That's what they just said. I just watched this 20 minutes ago, and then I tweeted about it. Well, it must have been more than 20 minutes ago. I've been recording for 35 now. Nolan Rucci. He's got a brother on the team. His brother comes out. He starts celebrating with him. I think his brother is actually a tight end. Um, catches the touchdown pass. We got an offensive lineman. Game winner. Game winner in Champagne for the Badgers. Man. I And I don't know how that highlight. I, I just tweeted about this 40 minutes ago. I don't know how that highlight misses my timeline for two days straight. Because I watched that, I was watching the game back and I was like, oh, this is just gonna be an interesting game. See Illinois go up, yada, yada, yada. Like I just said, I just explained the whole game. But uh 
I see how they got that game winner. Which, by the way, CBS, you had it wrong. They had Isaac Towson with the game-winning touchdown. The reason why is because there's a defensive end that has the same number as Nolan. So they got it all mixed up on CBS. Y'all got to fix that. Uh, But Nolan Rucci, game-winning touchdown. That's the most Wisconsin thing I've ever seen. Offensive last left tackle touchdown, game winner against Illinois. Sheesh. Sheesh. That's Wisconsin. That's what the cheeseheads love. Um, They don't call them cheeseheads for... For the uh, for the college team, do they? We should start doing that. All right, uh, it's power rankings time. I'm gonna go through this real quick. I didn't even bring up the photo for YouTube. Sorry, YouTube people, didn't bring it up. I'm just gonna pull up my Twitter, and as I'm doing that, I'm going to talk out loud until I get to my power rankings that I posted yesterday. Here they are. I got Michigan number one. I just said there. Oh, by the way, power rankings got some views again this week. Shout out to the Twitter people, man. Got up over 10,000 again. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. First one got 300,000. I mean, I don't know what happened week one. I mean, I would like to get 300,000 every week. I'd consider getting verified at that point. Michigan, number one. Ohio State, number two. Um, They could be flip-flopped, I guess, depending on which part of the country you live in and which team you hate more. Um, Penn State, I kept right at number three. You only lost by eight to the number two team. And to be honest, not a lot of changes after that this week, not a lot of changes right there at all from last week, but below that, just not a lot of changes either because those are the top three teams still. Be real with yourself. Nobody's better than Penn State right now that's below them. Uh, certainly not Iowa, who I have at number four, much to the chagrin of some Twitter followers or Twitter non-followers who just found it and wanted to make fun of me. Um. <laughs> Iowa, number four. Wisconsin, I have at number five. Uh, Maryland at number six. Rutgers at number seven. Minnesota at number eight. Number nine is Nebraska. Northwestern drops down to number 10. Illinois at 11. Illinois is at 11. I didn't say Illinois. I don't do that. I know it's Illinois. I know it's Illinois. Illinois is number 11. Purdue, number 12. Michigan State, I bumped up to 13. I I said this last week. I like to flip-flop Michigan State and Indiana just for fun. Just for fun. They they get beat. They both get beat badly every week. So I got Indiana in last place this week. Um, I don't usually have my comments like pulled right up. What did someone say to me about said that something's like not that hard or something? What did he say? Oh, here it is. I'm not gonna put his name out there. I said, where should I put he somebody said Iowa. Yada, yada, yada. Cannot be ranked that high. And I said, well, where should I put them? Because I have Iowa at four. And, you know, Rutgers, Iowa, and um, Wisconsin have basically the same record. They both have two losses. And so does Maryland, by the way. So all four of them have two losses. So um, it's kind of interchangeable where you could put those guys. But this guy told me that Iowa was too high. I said, where should I put them? Genuinely, genuine curiosity. I can't even read my own tweets. And then some other guy, to be unnamed, you can go find it on Twitter if you want to, but he said, behind Minnesota, the team that just outgained them 2-1 to one and had 11-minute time of possession advantage and beat them at home, it's not that hard. Huh? First of all, you don't know if it's hard or not. I don't see your power rankings on your profile. I don't see them. If it's not that hard, why don't you do it? 
bitch. Just kidding. Appreciate the comment. Um, no, but seriously, uh, it is. I, I I did have a good interaction with him actually. Um, he's not a bitch. He seems like a nice guy actually. I just said that you know it it is kind of hard sometimes because Minnesota lost to Northwestern, so I, I don't have I don't really love putting Minnesota ahead of Iowa. And honestly, um, Minnesota barely beat them. Had it not been for Cooper's left arm, Iowa wins that game. So I don't know if I don't know if Minnesota is better than Iowa. You know, if that touchdown goes in, you're not saying that Minnesota should be in front of Iowa, are you? You're not. You're not. Anyways, that's the power rankings. That's the show. I've been recording way too long. That's the first time I've gone over 40 minutes in a while. Had a lot to talk about. My voice got really high right there. Had a lot to talk about. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make sure you subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you are on a podcast listening device, I would appreciate it if you hit the five-star button. Um, if you think I deserve it. If you think I deserve it. If you are a Minnesota fan and you don't like what I just said about Iowa like um, basically beating you and you know that you could have lost maybe four stars. That would be fine. I'm going to stop talking though. Uh, get this podcast out for everybody. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back on Wednesday. Kickstart episode Friday. Bet big with Bet Big Brad and B1G Wilson. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. We'll see you guys in the future.